friends, welcome back to the Wild at Heart podcast here in the week of October 19th. John and Stacy with you the next couple of weeks, the two weeks leading up to the United States presidential election. And it is a, whew, it is a volatile time. You think so? In America. Uh, and we recognize that we have many international listeners. We've got a global audience. I think the things that we have to share with you all this week is going to be really, really good for your hearts. Absolutely. And our global audience is also on tender hooks, waiting to see how this thing turns out. Yeah. 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 And tensions uh, across the world in many ways. So before we go there, one of the amazing things God does, it's beautiful. It's a little disruptive. Often, before we come in to record something, he will actually take us through an experience that puts us exactly exactly in the kind of the bullseye of what we're addressing or what needs to be addressed that we weren't seeing anyhow. Right. Last and it, night. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's kind of also good to go. We want to bring things that are weighty and true, but we're not saying we've got it all buttoned up. This is our journey as well. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, last night I just got hit with this wave of heaviness that I had blown it so badly. You know, it felt so true. We just finished this week a really exciting project. In fact, we're still in the middle of it where we are filming and and shooting a new curriculum to accompany Captivating. Really, really excited about it. It's going to come out in March. But I had my teaching portion on Tuesday for the bulk of the day. And then, you know, I did great on Tuesday. So relieved, so releasing it to God, so thankful for how He come through. But Wednesday, Wednesday I began being haunted about, oh, oh man, I love that paragraph. I had written this whole incredible, and I forgot it. And it was beautiful, and it was funny, and oh. And then other places, like, oh, oh, I could have tied that together and made it so much more clear. So the shame and the disappointment and the overwhelming feeling that I had failed so deeply was, I was you know, how, spiritually on the floor. Yeah. So how long were you up last night? Last night I was up about three hours. Yeah. So, and then we've got, again, to be candid about our lives, to, you know, just burst the bubble of perfection here. Some real family tensions going on, extended family, things going on in our kind of family universe and and stuff to navigate, stuff to pray through. And so that was jumping on right, as well. Right, and stuff that, you know, matters. Yeah, not, yeah. You know, I'm not... Upset about the neighbor's dog. <laughs> so I come out. I get up earlier than Stace, and I, I usually get up and out the door and take the dogs for a walk. And I come back in. And yeah, and you, at first I fake it. You know, I can fake it pretty well. You're yeah. Like, um, hey, yeah, good morning. You, it didn't good morning. Work. No, I decided to come out. I couldn't do it. I came out, and as soon as I started talking, I start crying. You you were not well. No, it wasn't well because it just was, you know, okay, it was, it was true, all these it, things. It was all over you. Yeah. And one of the things that's helped us, you know, when you're when you're just getting hammered by shame, diminishment, accusation, fear, 
one of the little reminders we say to each other is, right now, you're trying to reason with a demon. Like, you can't reason with the enemy. Oh, my goodness. He said that to me, and it was like cold water in my face. So let's begin with prayer, and then we can work our way through. Yes. So we did. We prayed and, and cut off fear, and we cut off accusation and shame and diminishment. We just bound the enemy from our perspective on things. And then— Boy, does that change everything. Like, within about 10 minutes. Yeah, even quicker. Like, oh, Jesus. I, yeah. I Actually, I trust you. And this project, this is your project. You care about it even more deeply than I do. And yeah. Our These family, relationships. Yeah, you care about that. You're in this. Yeah. And so we, we found Jesus again. And then at the end of this tough, beautiful episode, Stace looks at me and says, Oh my gosh, this is totally what we're talking about this morning. <laughs> because what we want to bring to you, this isn't about family tensions and this isn't about personal shame around projects you're working on, but the battle right now for our minds, the battle for our attention, yes. who has our focus right, right now. Because we, you know, we all got clobbered by the pandemic mm-hmm. and, and by the economic absolute upheaval around that, and then came a fresh round of getting clobbered through the social strife and the heartbreak, and nobody, nobody's enjoying this. Nobody loves to see the world blowing up and the racial tensions and the political tensions and the social media. No one is enjoying this. So it's really hard on, on our very, hearts. It feels very tenuous. It does, really yeah. uncertain. Mm-hmm. And then now, here in the United States, we are two weeks away from a massively significant presidential election. And, you know, they, they say this every time. So there is some historical context to all this. But, you know, they're saying this may be the most significant presidential election, or the most unique, or the most volatile, or help me with the right word. No, those are, the, those are good words. Okay. Yeah. Ever. It's a powder keg. And talk about the battle for your attention. I mean, just all the fear that's rushing in, all the anger, all, you know, just, you know, I, it's heartbreaking to see our country so deeply, deeply divided. And for those of you listeners who are waiting and wanting us to make some political statements, we'll just let you know right now, that is not going to happen. It's not going to happen for a couple reasons. One, because if we tried to, this podcast would blow up. Like, like uh, We've gently tried to offer some wisdom and counsel in the past in, in political things, and the hostility, the hatred, the misunderstanding. The misunderstanding, It's yeah. largely, yeah. So, and we're not about that anyway. It's That's not the answer. No, also because, and, and this is where we're pulling our global audience in right now, because as we have been praying hard over the last months for the world, about the world, for the human heart, for all that people are enduring right Mm -hmm. now, asking Jesus, he keeps repeating this phrase, eyes on me, hearts on me. And so, just want to be honest for a moment, hun, as you read the news, you know, watch the news, look at the reports, 
all that's going on right now, including this unbelievably, you know, it's a Chernobyl-like election. Yeah. What are you feeling? So I, I can be on a roller coaster about this from panic to such overwhelming weighted concern. I'm deeply concerned, which, which that doesn't actually end, but hopelessness. I'll start feeling hopeless. Mm. But then at other times, I am so free and trusting God and, you know, wanting to be responsible, wanting to be a loving, active person, human being, woman, and really trusting God in it, mm. which is the place where I like to be. And so I find I really, I have to get off social media. It's a roller coaster, but yeah. it's pretty brutal. It's like the ones that would whip you around that kind of do the it, extra little it's spin really thing. It's really hard, you yeah. Know, on those very cheap carnival yes. rides. I am very concerned. I have to fight off fear. Mm, yes. And what's so fascinating is what I'm about to describe is true whatever your political allegiances are. I am so upset. I think everybody can relate to that. Mm -hmm. I, I am so angry at the misinformation. Mm -hmm. And again, the irony is I could be talking about any side right now. Yeah, or actually any subject, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So upset, angry, frustrated, frankly, very, very concerned mm -hmm. about the future for my grandchildren, my children. And if my eyes are not on Christ and what he's doing in the world, fear and and reaching for some kind of answer, like control or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so, listeners, I want to ask you, just given the global upheaval, given the strife, given all of the uncertainties, how, how are you doing? What are you feeling? Because we know that we live in two realms, and there's the, there's the world, there's the physical realm around us and the life of culture and society and, and human sin and human glory and human brokenness and human dignity. There's all that around us and within us. But then there's also a spiritual world. And there is so much fear in the world right now. You were at a, a worship event recently. Oh, yeah. And I also kind of want to call it the temporal world, you know, yeah, to the, name it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I was at a, a safe gathering. And the question was asked, who would like prayer because they were suffering with anxiety and with fear? And literally more than half of the people raised their hands. Like I gasped. It, it, it's a, it was shocking. It was shocking, yeah. How much, and this is a group of believers yeah. meeting outdoors to worship, uh -huh. so plenty of social distancing and all that. People who love God, uh -huh. people with eyes on Jesus, and... The question was, has fear and anxiety gotten into your life has this it, yeah, year? Yeah, has it even is it a current problem? Yeah, for is you? it a problem for you right yeah. now? Yeah. More than half the audience. Mm -hmm. In fact, in some listening prayer as we were preparing for the podcast this week and next, Jesus had a question for you, dear ones. And the question is, what are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? Because there are fears and there are 
unnamed things in us, and it's important to name it so we can pray about it, invite Christ into it. And I think it'd be really good for us to pray together right now. Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, we turn to you. We turn our eyes to you. We turn our hearts to you. And we pray right now to reject fear, that all that we're feeling right now, all the swirling emotions, we declare the truth of Scripture, that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. We renounce fear, and together with our listeners, we bind fear from influencing our thinking, our interpretation of things, our hope of the future. We bind fear from influencing our perceptions, our emotions, our experience. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And together we reject fear and uncertainty, and all that is swirling in the world right now, and really assaulting any human being living on the planet right now, together in the name of Jesus Christ. Come into our conversations, Lord, and guide us into the things that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. We've said on this podcast several times in the last couple of years that the war is for our attention. And usually we're talking about technology and, you know, clickbait and notifications and alarms and alerts and just the barrage, the amount of screen time that most human beings give themselves to every day. I'm shocked, by the way, when Apple gives me, you know, on Sunday my little screen time report. I'm like, God, Sooks! I thought I was being more disciplined than that. So the war for our attention, and thus Jesus saying, eyes on me, hearts on me. That's that's where we want to go. Yes, that's the answer. We want to bring some perspective Mm -hmm. to the global situation, but you can't do that until we first truly have our gaze. Hebrews 12, therefore. Since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses in the heavenly realms, to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. So that's what we want to do for a few moments here in the podcast. Let's turn our attention. Who is God? How trustworthy is he? How involved is he in the affairs of the world? Like, that's a big one. How how involved is God in the affairs of the world? And how capable is he to work all things for good? And trustworthy. Yes. How trustworthy is God? Right. This is everything. This takes our mind off of the distracting things. We're going to read 
from Isaiah 40. Let me, let me begin because it begins with comfort. It says, Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. You who bring good news to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up. Do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, Here is your God. I love this. He, here is your God. And, yeah. and then comes the description. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power, and he rules with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with him, and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, or with the breadth of his hand marked off the heavens? Who has held the dust of the earth in a basket, or weighed the mountains on the scales and the hills in a balance? Surely the nations are like a drop in a bucket. They are regarded as dust on the scales. He weighs the islands as though they were fine dust. Before him, all the nations are as nothing. They are regarded by him as worthless and less than nothing. With whom, then, will you compare God? To what image will you liken him? Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the earth was founded? He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy and spreads them out like a tent to live in. He brings princes to naught and reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. No sooner are they planted, no sooner are they sown, no sooner than they take root in the ground. Then God blows on them, and they wither, and a whirlwind sweeps them away like chaff. To whom will you compare me, or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. That's just Isaiah 40, friends. Ooh, that's so good. What is the effect right now of hearing that out loud? For me, it is so reorienting. 
It is. My, I can feel my heart swell within mm. me. Just like, oh, oh, it's just so, it's like breath. It's living water. It's refreshing. It's, it's really good. It's so good. It's so good. And I, it's exposing me because I do believe, I do believe God. I believe in God. And I have seen him work powerfully in the world. I've seen him work very beautifully in people's lives thousands and thousands of times over. But what's revealed in me is I don't think he's really involved in social affairs right now. <laughs> like it's just exposing my agnosticism. Uh-huh. Like, like on, you know, political agnosticism. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But and for him to not only talk about creation, not only talk about leading his people, but his deep, sovereign, powerful involvement in the princes and rulers of this world. Yes, yes, yes. It all, it matters to him. It reminds me of the effect, the effect of a passage that I've been trying to live in from Jeremiah 17, and and I had referred to this and read on this back when we were teaching about get your life back and having some practices in your life that restore your soul and renew you. But now I'm I'm hearing them in this political season in a new way. And so it says this, Jeremiah 17, beginning in verse five, this is what the Lord says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who depends on flesh, for his strength or his salvation or his rescue or his hope and whose heart turns away from the Lord. He'll be like a bush in the desert. He will not see prosperity when it comes. He will dwell in the parched places of the desert in a salt land where no one lives. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord whose confidence is in him, who be like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. And I hadn't applied that to the social political tensions, the cultural upheavals of the moment but just back to where's our hope, what has, what has our attention. Mm-hmm. And that's why Jesus keeps saying, eyes on me, eyes on me, hearts on me. Yes, yeah. So let's continue. Let's, let's move on. Um, with, with just some more truth. First Chronicles 29, 11. Praise be to you, Lord, the God of our father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head over all. And I need that phrase right now, and in the earth. Because I think everybody's with us. It's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, no, no. God is amazing. God is glorious. I love God. I worship God. Yours is the... Power, glory, victory, majesty for all that is in the heavens. Yep, I'm with you. And then you throw that phrase in, and all that is in the earth is yours too. Yes. God God is powerful, majestic, involved, caring, loving, intervening. He has not 
lost control <laughs> right. of the world that right. he created. And yes. he hasn't lost control at a political level or a social level or a cultural level. He's on the move. And what about Jesus? Oh, our Jesus. Let's hear this from Ephesians 1. God our Father raised Jesus Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed Jesus to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Oh, just breathing that in. Here's this from Philippians 2. God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. From Colossians 1, For in Jesus Christ all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Jesus is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything, Jesus Christ might have the supremacy. I'm sitting up straight now. <laughs> you are. You just, you just totally I set mean, up. Holy a is foot. the Lord. Mighty is the King of Kings. Like this just makes me want to worship him and breathe deeply. Friends, can you feel the difference of what has your attention? Like when this gets our attention for a moment, it's, oh, it's clarity, it's life, it's perspective. We have our bearings. And when the news, the media, the social, all that has your attention, yeah. Satan is trying to convince the world of a different story. Right, we're distracted and uh, distracted from reality. Reality is given to us in the Word of God. Yeah. Yeah. And, and once distracted, then fearful. Yes. And uncertain and angry mm -hmm. and, frankly, you know, wanting the boom to come down on the other guy and, you know, all that, right? Like, yeah, not very nice. Yikes. So as we were preparing for this for this podcast this week and next, Jesus asked another question of you, dear listeners, and of Stacy and I as well. He simply said, do you trust me? And, and let, let's just linger with that for a moment because, you know, there's the quick, oh, of course I do, Lord. Let's just, your heart right now, in the world right now, do you trust me? And again, I'm embarrassed. I, I think when, when I check in on my own heart, I think the answer is mostly. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mostly. But not in X, Y, and Z. Right, and it's such a kind question mm. because it's like he's—it's like a net to catch our hearts from the places where where we have wandered and where we're not trusting mm-hmm. him. And so when he asks it, it's not with um, anger, or condemnation. It's in order to catch our attention and bring us back to the truth that we we have a trustworthy God. Yes, who is deeply, deeply involved. Yes. not only in our own lives but he's deeply involved in the current tensions of your own life, your fears. He's deeply involved in the affairs of the world. And we do believe, dear ones, that God is actively working to shake things up in the world, to expose our divided allegiances, to turn the hearts of his sons and daughters, all his creation, Mm -hmm. back to him. Mm -hmm. It it is a time of shaking. Yes, it It, is. It is a time of upheaval. And the question is, where is our hope? Where is our confidence? What are we looking to and leaning on? Mm -hmm. And for me, like, (laughs) Jesus says, do you trust me? And I go, mostly, but I'm not sure I trust you politically. I'm not sure I trust you w- with with the economy right now. I think like over time, over ages, of course, you know, in the big scheme of things, but it's exposing in me yeah. places of unbelief that I don't want. I don't want to live in that. And so for me to say, I mean, just hearing these scriptures again, all things were created through Jesus Christ and for Jesus Christ, including thrones, powers, rulers, authorities. He is before all things. The God our Father has exalted Jesus Christ to the place of global supremacy. And Jesus is reigning, and Jesus is ruling. Oh, my goodness, just to say that to myself. <laughs> it's just really good. And then I'm really struck as well, John, by by 2 Corinthians 3.18, where it says, We, too, with unveiled faces who contemplate the Lord are being transformed into His very image with ever-increasing glory. So that's like part of it. You know, He's after us. He's after Holiness. He's after revealing to us the places that we're not trusting Him or the places where we have built our confidence on something else that isn't holding. And He's out of love saying, yeah, no, that's not it. Yes. Yes. I was thinking of that scripture that you will keep in perfect peace, O Lord, the person whose mind is set on you. That's Isaiah 26, 3. Thou will keep in perfect peace the person whose mind is set on you. And in order to do that in this crazy world right now, like friends, everything is shouting for your attention and to get you all spun up, just get you all tied up. And so Jesus is saying, eyes on me, hearts on me. Hebrews 12, fixing our attention 
giving the attention of our life to Jesus mm-hmm, right now mm-hmm. more than we give it to anything else, okay? So how how are you doing this? And by the way, we're not saying that this election's not important. We're not saying that global events are not important. We're, we're not saying that the social strife is not important, not at all. What we are saying is that God is intimately involved in the affairs of the world right now, and that we will only think clearly about things if we have our eyes fixed on Jesus the entire time. Yes, yes, and we're not saying don't pray about these things. Dear Lord, no. Pray, please be praying. We're praying big time. Yeah, on earth as it is in heaven, Yeah, and pray with faith. You pray with power then. Yes. So, yes. So, something that I do in the midst of this, in praying, and even, I have to catch myself in that too, to land in faith and reminding myself the truth that Jesus is king. Jesus is God. And it's not even up to the power of my prayers or praying the right thing, but but yes, praying. But then I really need to tell myself the truth tell the truth of who Jesus is. So in the mornings when I'm having time with God, if I am being swept away with, and oftentimes my days begin with this, begin with you know accusation or a litany of how I blew it. And, and some of it is true, but I have to say out loud the scriptures, you know, like Romans yes. 8, 28, for you work all things together for good. I mean, I'll do the whole thing and lots of different scriptures that are planted in my heart. And it just, it's like, oh, this is what is true. And it's immensely helpful. I've taken to listening to scripture as I'm commuting now. And, you know, if you've got your Bible apps on your phone, then most of them have an audio feature now where you can hear them say it to you, read it out loud, read Ephesians to you, read Isaiah 40. But also there's some great scripture podcasts. And I want to give a little shout out for our friend Brian Harden's daily audio Bible podcast. So good. He just reads through the Bible in a year. You know, if you've always wanted one of those Bible in a year programs, he does it for us every day on his podcast. And just to hear Isaiah 40 being read out loud to me as I'm driving, it's like right. Right, right, okay, okay, okay. Thank you for that oh, reminder. Oh, goodness, it's so helpful. And then I just hit rewind uh-huh. and just listen to it again. <laughs> that is so good. You know, what I do, okay, another shout-out for another app, I the pause app. Like yes. breathing in, breathing, just even that beginning part and centering myself in Christ and— Giving everything and everyone to him, and then naming. Okay, what what actually do I? And sometimes I have to pause the pause app because what I need to give to Christ is a lot. Yeah, but I love doing that, and I and I need times of worship every day. That is centering my heart in what is true and what is. Well, I like to call it reality. What is what is real? Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, times of just praise and loud and singing fast songs. But but what my soul really needs is the quieter, contemplative, softer, deeper, soaking kind of worship that washes over me. Yeah, 
Yeah, we we came home the other day from a pretty big project, and I knew I just it was a preemptive strike on my part. I immediately turned worship on in the house because I knew that that onslaught was coming. Yeah, the yeah, accusation, so came, right. the diminishment. Yeah, yeah, that was so beautiful. I came home to it, you know, to come walking into that. Yes, to worship, mm-hmm. and and for me, I've just continually got to practice benevolent attachment. Jesus, I give everyone and everything to you. And I, I do it during the day, do it during the pause app. Stacy and I do it in our bedtime prayers. And, and now we've added politics, social, the world, like all of it. I give everyone and everything to you, God. Not so that I check out, but so that I can be completely fixed on Christ so that I can pray effectively for the world. Yeah, yeah. And so that you can live your life. So this morning, waking up with... Uh, Everything. SOS, Fear, going down. accusation, yeah. diminishment, yes. shame, guilt, regret. Yeah, yeah. And acknowledging that and then actually having to stand firm, resist the devil that he would flee from me. Stand Real firm. firm. Real firm. Submit to God, command, and proclaim the truth, and say no. Not a quick, immediate snap of the fingers, done and done, but pressing in, pressing in, even when, you know, the thing is about this, it might not feel true. Yeah. But it, it is true because— You, you don't wait till it feels true, You don't true, wait folks. till it feels true. Like, no. And then aligning with the truth, what does God say? What does he say? What is true? Friends, here's why we're doing this. We're two weeks away from what may be the most volatile presidential election in the history of the United States and all that that does mean for the world. And the people of God are meant to bring the light of God, the love of God, the character of God, the sanity of God into this moment. And the only way we're going to be able to do that is if we are first personally fixed on Jesus, not caught up in our cause, not completely convinced of our rightness, but walking in the Spirit in politics, walking in step with God in the social chaos so that we can bring the kingdom of God into the madness. And I was, I was in a deep time of prayer with Jesus, and he, he told me that all this was coming, and he said, those who are aligned with me will reign. My people will. I, I want my people to bring my kingdom in this hour, bring the sanity to our communities, to our nations, to culture. Yes. Bring Jesus. Bring Jesus. But we can only do that if we first align with him. And so whatever it is you need to do, dear ones, that, that's why we're starting here. And then Jesus, yes, we pray. Mm. We pray for your intimate, righteous, powerful engagement in the world, in the global economies, in the global strife, 
in the heartache of so many communities in the world, so many people groups, deep heartache. Your kingdom, your love, your power, your might. Your righteousness. Lord Jesus, come. Come and reign. Come and rule, Jesus. Come into politics, not just in America, but around the world, Lord. Come for the oppressed peoples. Come for righteousness, Lord. Come for truth, Jesus. Come and bring sanity to your people to begin with, that we are not swept up in the vibe of the world, that we are not carried away by our political parties, but that we are absolutely fixed on Jesus Christ and commanding your love into the world, commanding righteousness into the world. Come, Lord God, ruler of heaven and earth, into our world and reign as king. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, wait, wait, wait. One more thing. One more thing. Hang on. Don't hang up the dial here. I meant to mention this at the beginning, but better late than never. This week, this Wednesday, October 21st, Stacy is beginning an online study for six weeks on Wednesdays on her beautiful book, Becoming Myself. Ladies, you're going to love this. You're absolutely going to love it. It's so transformative and powerful, and I get to give it a shout-out here. So you can find out more at wildatheart.org backslash becoming myself group study. But if you get on our website, you'll find it. Anyhow, Wednesday the 21st begins a six-week study. Ladies, hope you can join us.